0: Hey Chris, how you doing? I am not too bad. How are you, Sam? My heart hurts. My heart hurts for <laughs> my my beloved Hawkeyes have had a very bad no good week in the world of basketball. As we're recording, we're right in the middle of March Madness right now. The men's basketball team, which had a really good run at the end of the season. They actually won the Big Ten tournament. They're a number five seed, and they got knocked out round one of the tournament, of the, of the national tournament. And then the women's team, who won the regular season Big Ten and the Big Ten championship tournament, they were ranked number two, and they got knocked out the second round. So it's been a lot of uh, disappointment here in, in Iowa City. Very proud of the teams, but man, we, we thought they would be going a lot further in the main tournament.
1: I've been feeling for you. We we watched the uh, pretty much most of the games because we've been down sick, one oh, no. after another. But yeah, the upside is we've been watching a lot of basketball. And man, that that does hurt. Actually, Montana State went to the tournament this year. I don't know if you watched I saw that, that game. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch they, the game, but I saw they were in. Lost by think like 30 points but still (laughs) for us that's okay it's first time in the tournament in many many years so
0: that's exciting that's exciting yeah it's fun to be there and uh, you know and then you look at like a team like uh st peter's i think everyone's cheering for them they knocked off kentucky and they're 15 rank and everyone's just like yeah cinderella stories so maybe one day uh montana state will do we'll play that role
1: maybe they will but either
0: way it's been fun to watch it's been a crazy, I know, I know a ton of people like no, no brackets are, are safe. I mean, it's just this, that first week just destroyed everyone's brackets. So it's been, it's been a fun year.
1: Yeah, it it definitely has. But yeah, like I said, we've been, we've been down boy right before spring break. Last week was spring break for my kids' schools. Right before spring break, my oldest got the stomach bug. So he was throwing up all over the place starting on Wednesday. So his spring break was extended because needless to say, he didn't go to school Thursday and Friday. My wife and I weren't getting a ton of sleep. It was, it was bad and felt terrible for him, but also just waiting in anticipation yeah. for that thing to go through the family, which the stomach side of it did not. But then we all got really sick with some weird cold thing. We all got better midweek and then got hit with i don't know if it was the same cold or round 2 and i'm still shaking it off the kids are uh kids are better and back in school but i have to say i've been really liking back life back to normal which is what it's been but now i'm kind of feeling ready to bring back the masks it was we had this long period of no illnesses and well now- that's the thing
0: is almost 2 years where like you you just don't get sick because there's no flu out there or anything and i mean obviously you're trying to prevent the covid and uh, just yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens happens when we get back to normal or when, when our daughter goes to, to preschool because that's going to be, <laughs> I think we're just, the whole family's going to get hit by a truck because then you have the normal school illnesses that just, it's just a Petri dish of all that stuff.
1: Right, right, exactly. And the kids haven't been exposed to it because I exactly. remember when, when my oldest went to preschool and he got, you know, he, he was getting sick all the time, but nobody right. else would get sick because we had already probably seen whatever bug or cold it was. and. Yeah. Now they're, now they've got immune systems that are playing catch up, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm one of those that I get a head cold every year and at least for a little bit and haven't had one in a while. And so it'll be, get back to that days where it's like, oh yeah, this is what it's like. Oh yeah. You can get sick. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, as long as we avoid the stomach bug, that stuff, Oh, I do not wish that on anyone. So I'm glad that you, you dodged that bullet at least, but that's, that's just not fun.
1: No, not, not at all. But it's still been uh, it's still been busy work wise. You know that's the thing about being a founder that that's kind of hard and something I'd like to eventually get to the point where I can change. But if you get sick, sometimes there's stuff that still needs to be done, and so it's hard to just take that. Hey, I'm taking two days. I'm just off. I know in my case, like I canceled a bunch of stuff that I could, but there were still things. It's like oh, I got to fight through this. You know nobody nobody cares if you're sick, and they, they just care that the work gets done and there's no one to hand this to. So it's a nice goal looking forward to say, I want to get to the point where I can take those two days, whether it's because I'm sick or whether because whether it's because, you know, the sun is out and I want to go play and everything keeps humming along. It's kind of a new, new vision for me.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's the the goal for every founder is to be able to step away for a set amount of time and things don't just burn to the ground. But even better than that is, Can you take a month off and when you come back, things are running even better? You know, that's, that's the ultimate goal. (laughs) That's something to strive for very long-term, but that's when you know you have a a crack team in place where things just, you're almost like not needed anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'll get there. I mean, you know what I will say? Customer support guy has been continuing to kill it. He's been doing awesome. He's been handling tickets. He took a bunch off my plate when I was sick and... It's so great to see that. Like, it's so cool that that worked out. And he, I think he's having fun too. He, he's enjoying the job. So, so that's awesome. And it also gave me some other time to kind of, I don't know, think about what I like to do and build that vision to like, okay, what are we really trying to accomplish here? It's not all the things. It's building a business of a specific type that that I enjoy running.
0: That's great. Well, and the thing that I love about the customer support staff is even if they don't have the answer right there, they can at least communicate to the customer and say, we hear your request. We know what you're going through. We will get back to you. You know, so-and-so is out of the office, but we, we, we will put this on someone's plate and we will get an answer for you. You know, in X days that goes so far as opposed to just radio silence.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and he's on the sales emails and the sales are uh, in the uh, accounting emails, not, not, you know, just the general accounting ad or sales at. So he can answer those to just if I'm out or the phone calls, you know, like if a call comes into that extension, eventually it round robins to him. And it's someone, a real voice that can pick up the phone and say, Hey, someone from, you know, this department will we'll get back to you. So you're totally right.
0: That's great. I'm glad that's working out.
1: Yeah. I got a couple other updates I'll drop really quick, but then I know, you know, Prior to jumping on this call, we were talking through an issue I'm facing, and I'd mentioned I don't know if I want to talk about it on the pod, but but I think I will. So I'm interested to see if anybody else out there is has faced similar things and, and how you handled it because I know I have in the past, and it's it's challenging for me anyway. But a couple of quick things I'll I'll bring up just in the business world. I know last time we talked, I was really enjoying that kind of Figma-focused workflow. So starting with Figma, designing, and having that process for, uh, for building features. We've doubled down on that. In fact, prior to getting sick, I had one of the best weeks I've had in a while. I would wake up early, because I'm working with one of my team members in Croatia. So I'd, I'd wake up early. We'd hop on Zoom and, and Figma and just design together for like 4 hours I'd literally just put my phone and computer in focus mode so nothing would come through and it was like had that period of the day just focused on some deep work and then kind of picking up other inbound things and smaller tasks that I needed to do in the afternoon and
0: so you you would actually collaborate in real time yeah 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 oh that's cool
1: that's the way we've been working a lot lately and it's like we'll both kind of do our homework so we'll know what problem we're going to focus on we'll come with ideas we'll come with structure and then we'll collaborate in real time. How we're going to like lay out specific screens, for example.
0: There's been this movement towards asynchronous meetings, and I think they are fantastic, and I think they they have a place. But it's hard to beat that real time collaboration sometimes, especially with all the tools that are available, with like Zoom and Figma and being able to share and and, and collaborate all in once. It. It's never going to be the same like you're at a whiteboard in the same room, but it's pretty darn close where if you can get to 80%, you know, of that experience, it's going to be, it's just going to be really good (laughs) and the results will show.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, I think there's a place for both styles of work, the async, which I also really enjoy like a writing culture and an async culture where no, don't just spew random thoughts at me like. Sit down, put together something that actually codifies what you're trying to say, and and send it my way for my thoughts. And I promise to do the same for you. Like that's kind of nice because it cuts through a lot of the fluff and unnecessary back and forth. But for at least the workflow we're kind of trying out right now, this collaborative synchronous approach has been awesome.
0: That's great. That's great to hear.
1: We're getting more done faster and. And it just feels really good. It's really enjoyable
0: work. Do you find that new ideas kind of come out of that process? Or you mentioned that you're both bringing concepts to the table. Is it more of kind of just breaking down those different concepts and giving feedback on them? Or are you actually finding unique ideas that come out of that collaboration time?
1: We're definitely finding unique ideas. I mean, the thing is that for these complex flows, and actually I'll get into what we're working on, but, but the, they are really complex. And there's a lot of different paths that a user could follow. And there's a lot of different nuance in what we're trying to communicate to the user and asking the user to do. And so we come with like a structure of, okay, this is what needs to happen basically. But inevitably, you're going to forget a step or you're going to find out along the way, oh, hey, wait a minute, like prerequisite to doing X, the user needs to have done A, B, and C. And so, you know, it's not like an exhaustive research ahead of time it's a general structure of what we need to do and ideas of how we might accomplish it and then the collaboration happens and that's both bringing the this needs to be done to life in figma i mean using our actual design library and everything as well as oh yeah we forgot about this or that so a lot comes out of it
0: yeah i mean you're you're actually designing the software without having to write code ahead of time because you're going through that entire process, and your processes are so complex, the ideas that you're trying to have the the customer work with are so big and so complex that it requires you to break it down into different pieces. And that would take forever if you're just kind of going in blindly and just like, oh, I'm just going to code this out and see where we go. And so this gives you the opportunity to do so many more iterations within Figma and kind of nail down the concept before you actually have to go and build. So I think that's a fantastic approach.
1: That's right, and I mean. The way we came to this approach was trying less fantastic approaches first. So, uh,
0: you know, what, what's that prior- saying? You can, you can always trust the Americans to do the right thing as long as uh, after they've done everything else, you
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It definitely feels that way. What we're working on right now specifically is what we call the wizards. Which is funny because they, they used to be kind of wizards and that's the feeling we want to evoke for our customers is, you know, okay, we're going to guide you through these steps so you like, can start with what you have and get do to the step one, process you step need to
0: two, do. step three, and kind of take them through like a multi-page kind of concept. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Yeah, exa- that's exactly what it is. And what we're trying to do is basically say, okay, we're going to take either. We're going to take what you have right now, which could be any number of a uh, bunch of different things. And we're going to take you through steps so that it can properly interface or you know be imported into our system. Or the other side of that, we're going to take what we have in our system and take you through steps in order to get it out of our system into whatever format you need for whatever other system or customer you need it for. So those are kind of the the main things. It's creating assets, it's creating projects, it's importing inspections and it's exporting inspections and other things into deliverables. And we did if you remember tons and tons of work, which I we finally got through and it was so exciting to figure out how to structure all that data and how to accommodate, you know, these complex complex entities that all have to interrelate with one another and i'm still happy with that like that foundation is going strong people are using it and it's great what wasn't so great was the user experience of getting the data in and out and the process we were following before was just kind of it was kind of code first i mean it was kind of what do we need what do we need here okay let's ask for it and go through it what we've been working on really heavily is what is the best possible experience for the customer what is the simplest way for the customer to get the data in and and out. So probably the biggest one is inspection imports. And in our world, what that means is that whether you're a city or a contractor, you're doing these inspections in the field, and then they are residing somewhere. In a perfect world, you're doing it with our existing software, and we can pipe it through automatically. But it also comes in 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 a variety of different formats, right? Like, So it could be It could be an Excel spreadsheet, it could be a GIS file, it could be a CSV, it could be a Microsoft Access database, it could be one of these other proprietary formats. You might be trying to create it with media, you might be trying to create it without media, you might be trying to create it from scratch where you just want to type. But don't forget, it all has to meet these validation rules because the inspection type that you're trying to do follows a specific template that has specific rules oh, but you don't want to just abandon your data because sometimes there's a small mistake in the rule that you could simply say, oh, that column was named slightly incorrectly. No problem. It maps to, you know, this column. So a concrete example would be that, oh, in this system it was called diameter, but what that really means is size, and we want it in size. But it gets more complicated because that's great, except for that you don't have any units attached to it. So you're telling us the size is eight. Eight what? (laughs) <laughs> how do we store it natively? What do we do to put the information into this system? And, yeah, this sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> oh man. Oh, oh my gosh. It's, it's on and on and on. Yeah. And so, you know, first crack at it was, it's not great. Like it's not a great experience for the user. It breaks in certain parts and it's, it's just, it's hard stuff. And it's, endlessly frustrating because not all of our customers are going to use all these paths as well, right? So it's like we have to think through the problem from a high level because it's easy to orphan a path and very hard to put it back into place. It can't be as iterative as normally I would like. But anyway, all that is to say, we've been working on redoing the wizards to make it beautiful. And I'm, I would say I'm, I'm happy with what we're coming up with. It's going to be, it's going to take further refinement past where we're at now even, but the designs are in a good place. We've started implementing them. That leads me to the problem. (laughs) The problem is (laughs) I have a flight booked on Monday. We're recording this on a Wednesday. So I am days away from a flight uh, to do an install for a pretty important customer. Um, It's a $600 MRR customer, and they've been waiting to get on board. Side note, we're behind. We're not going to hit our goal of getting all our past bookings onboarded by the end of March. Anyway, I don't know what to do. I am not sure if I should still get on that plane and onboard them, but restrict certain features from them that they can't use put them on the old system, which I really don't want to do because I don't want to teach them something and then make them unlearn it and have them have a bad experience, postpone the installation, or just call them up and tell them exactly what's going on and see what they say.
0: So the, the big issue is that there's certain things that just aren't available today. That they're, Are they expecting these things, or was it, was it kind of a hopeful that they'd be ready by the time you, you fly down?
1: No, they're absolutely expecting them,
0: yeah yeah well that's a tough one i mean that that just gets into how do you break disappointing news to customers and how do you deal with those those things because deadlines i mean it's inevitable that you're gonna miss a deadline or two it just it just happens it's the nature of software and so how you I think go about the that challenge is tough. here
1: though is you know our customers like you can almost think of them as manufacturing plants like they manufacture inspections i mean that is their job to go through a very operationally driven process to get inspections done. And so they, they expect things to just work, right? Like, so it's, it is, how do you break the bad news? But for them, they're not expecting any bad news at all. I mean, why wouldn't it just work? You know, they saw the demo, everything just worked in the demo. It's going to be a bit tough, I think, for them to swallow. Hey, yeah, it was all working but we changed the way it works and now it doesn't work. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Yeah. Oops. And you know, I guess, I guess, you know, thinking one level deeper, they trust us a lot, you know, because, because if you go to the manufacturing analogy, they run their plants 24 seven. If a plant goes down, then it's a real problem for them. And so I am concerned about, delivering news that makes them lose trust in our product when it's actually all okay. No, it did really work well. Um, It still does really work well, and I'm confident that ultimately you'll be able to use it flawlessly. But I also know that your world is very different from the software world, and it's going to be hard for me to communicate that to you Without losing that trust,
0: yeah, I I get the sense that you're you're hesitant to even talk about the news because it's going to be this challenge and a little bit of breaking of trust. But the, I think the ultimate fact remains is you're not able to deliver at this moment what they're expecting, and it, whether the you deliver the only that way news, to deliver
1: <laughs> what they're expecting would be to put them on the existing platform
0: which all customers V1. are
1: are using. Okay, but they, I guess I'm afraid that they're going to say, "Yeah, let's do that." Give, uh, give us something, but I, yeah, give us give us something. We'll be fine. But I really don't want to do that. Like I, I know in my core that that is the wrong move.
0: To me, that feels like you're delivering tough news and giving a solution that feels good, but isn't the right solution. You know, because if you go down there and you give them a choice and say, "Hey," You can either go on V2, but you got to wait and we're missing some things, but it's going to be better for you in the long run. Or if you give them, or I can get you on a V1, you're right. They're probably going to take V1, even though that's not the right long-term solution. To me, that would be not the right way to go potentially, because what you're doing is you're you're doing something you don't, you just want to smooth over the conversation and give them a solution, which isn't really the right solution. What they really just need to do is wait a little bit longer until you can deliver these things. And hope that that goes well.
1: Yeah, we can almost separate the what's going to happen versus the what's what to do about it, right? Because the what's going to happen or what needs to happen is they need to wait until V2 is ready. That's what needs to happen. That's what's going to happen. There is a half step toward that. I mean, this does impact a lot of parts of the software. But there are many other parts of the software that they could use, you know, that the the platform isn't changing. So there is a half step that I'm really hoping we can fully get into place. And that is we are restricting some functionality that they were very excited about. And I'm sorry, that has to wait till V2. But the core product you can still use. And there are a couple things. Within these wizards that have to be completed, namely getting inspections into the system, that I think we may be able to deliver, but I'm not 100% certain. If we can't deliver that, they can't use the product. If we can deliver that, they can use the product, although they'll be slightly disappointed in the features, but we will be able to build the features back and release them in relatively short order. So. Those are the those are the half steps that are potentially
0: available. I think there's a lot of assumptions that you're making. And you know your customer better than I do. Obviously, I've never talked to them and you know what where they're coming from. It's sometimes customers. Well, feel can free to ask you. questions or poke because I'm uh, you know, well, I'm, I'm just, using this
1: as a personal therapy session if you haven't noticed.
0: <laughs> I've been in your situation before too, where like I've either missed a feature or it's not quite the feature that I wanted to deliver, but we have something that's kind of there and I've thoughts that the reaction was going to be far more negative than it actually turned out to be where like there might be a request that comes in from a customer and they're like hey it'd be great if we did this i'm like oh that's a great idea we're six months away from delivering anything close to that but here's like a partial workaround that can kind of get you there and i'm not happy with that partial workaround i want to have the ideal state that I want to be in is a customer says, Hey, it'd be great if your software does this. And I'm like, it does. You just have to go to this page and click this checkbox and it's there. But that's not always there. You know, and or or it's one of those things like, hey, this is great. This is on our roadmap. We'll have it to you in a month, you know, or a few weeks.
1: Yeah. and I think that works well for features of I want to have. These are features, at least some of them, that the customer and I have talked about. I have shown yeah, them in demos. That's fair. They are excited about and and expecting because they've literally seen them. Yeah. You know,
0: that is definitely a more tough, that's a tougher situation. But I guess I tend to lean towards transparency and I tend to lean towards just outright. Here's where we're at. Here's what's going on. And hopefully you can provide a bridge of like, here's where we're at today. Here's the steps that we're going to take to get you to where you want to be and where you expect it to be. Whether or not you have a timeline available for that is, you know, to be determined. But I wouldn't assume that it's necessarily going to be all doom and gloom coming from the customer because I've been surprised in the past where I'm like, oh, I've provided this information. And sometimes they're like, yep, that's fine. Not, not a big deal. We can we can do this whole workaround. We're happy to do this workaround. We'll just wait for the feature. I know that's a little bit different situation, but I guess I wouldn't necessarily. I'd be prepared for that situation from the customer and that response from the customer, but maybe you'll get a pleasant surprise. Or like, you know, what we we're delayed ourselves with certain things, so we needed a few more weeks before we could actually ramp up, and maybe that buys you some time. Who knows? I mean, it's it's hard to say.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you, and I do also lend toward transparency, but that's bitten me in the past too because i can I can be too transparent and. When somebody sees how the sausage is made, you know, but doesn't quite understand what goes into it, they're like, oh, huh? You know, now I'm, now I'm worried. Now that trust is concerning to me. But what I'm leaning toward doing is making darn sure that we can at least hit that core functionality, which really involves the one, a couple branches of the inspection import flow in the wizard. We, we have to get that done. I think we can get that done. I sure wish we had more time to test it, but I think it can happen. And so I'm leaning toward going out there with that, showing them the core, explaining to them that, you know, we are not putting anybody else on V1. I'm sorry that you fell into this kind of in-between phase. It stinks. I, I understand. I hear you. These new features will be coming back again. The features that you were expecting will be coming back In relatively short order and they're going to ask when and i'm going to say soon
0: (laughs) well i think the other key thing is you're actually going to be there in person which can make these types of conversations more difficult because you're actually there in the quote-unquote line of fire but you're also there to kind of smooth it over and have and kind of address those those direct concerns that they may have and i just think that people tend to be nicer in person in general, so and more understanding in person, you know, especially when you put on that big smile and you bring donuts, <laughs> that helps.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well,
0: we're gonna find out. I'm gonna come in with a
1: trunk full of donuts, flowers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> maybe, what maybe do you want? Beer. I got it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spend spend uh, three times the MRR on treats and uh, and see if it smooths it over. At least buys you a few months. Yeah.
1: That's right. Well, I will keep you posted on how that goes as of right now and keep everybody else posted as well. I, I think that is the plan. I appreciate you uh, going back and forth with me on this. And if anybody else out there has ideas or, or thoughts for me, you know, this is kind of a common problem that I know I've faced before as well, and I'm sure lots of other people have too. So I'm interested, but uh, we do have a recording scheduled actually for the day I get back. So nice. We'll have... Fresh from the fresh from the, the trenches. Even a, fresh from the trenches trenches. Hot off the press.
0: Hot uh, off the pre- yeah, there you world go. Well of news, uh assuming I do make it back. <laughs> if I if I don't,
1: then it went terribly wrong. <laughs> yes, I'm in the yes. bottom of
0: a sewer somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well I, I wish the best. And I, I think when all said and done, hopefully they are a lot more understanding and disappointed for sure, but not to the point where it's um, a permanent breach of trust and so hopefully that's that's something you can smooth over and i hope that goes well for you
1: yeah thanks it it doesn't necessarily make it easier but i think it's important for all of us to also try to step outside of the business you know it's so personal and it feels like you're disappointing someone so much but if you're working more on the business not in the business you go okay it's one customer it's 600 bucks a month like it's not going to change the trajectory of the business one way or another and more than likely They're not going to cancel. It's just going to be a little unpleasant for a while.
0: Grow up, get over it, and and it'll be okay. I I deal with that a lot where it's like it's that disappointment. And it it can even go down to small features, not necessarily large ones. But just that idea of like you want you care so deeply about the customers and you care so deeply about the product that you're building. You want it to be, I don't want to say all things to all people because that's not what you're trying to do. But you really want to solve that customer's problem, whatever it may be. Even if it's a new problem that you're not even aware of. And you take it personally sometimes, and it, it feels like a minor defeat when they come with, like, we're trying to do X and your software doesn't do it. And it's like, that's a great idea. I'd love for it to do it. And it's like, you just sometimes you want to be able to deliver those, those solutions to them. And, uh, it can be tough because you're, you're pretty close to the the product itself and you, you can take it personally. Absolutely. Woo. What's going on in your world, Sam? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I too am gearing up for a trip. I do not get to get on a plane, but I get to drive up to Microconf in Minneapolis in about a week, and I am, well, maybe about two weeks. Uh, but it's it's coming up <laughs> coming up quickly, and I gotta <laughs> I gotta prep for it. But uh, I'm super excited. It's the first in person event that I'm going to be at in uh, well over two years, and so just to be able to get out there. Kind of rub elbows with other SaaS founders, see what the state of you know small business software is with other people, and just just kind of talk shop. I'm really really excited to be able to do that in um, in a couple of weeks and do a three day conference and get to st- stay in a hotel room. That's you know <laughs> be in a different place in a different city. I'm I'm so excited for that.
1: Oh, I'm so excited for you. I wish I was going to be there as well. Not in the cards for me this year, but man, it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some old faces that I haven't seen in a while and, and definitely some people that I've been following on Twitter that I think are going to be there. So it's going to be exciting to kind of shake some hands and, and, uh, just, I'm just, I'm just super excited about it. It's just going to be a lot of fun. So yeah. And if for those of you who don't know, microconf is something that I would highly recommend to any software founder. It's a community of a lot of times single founders in the software space or small teams in the software space generally they talk about software that's being built not on the vc track so whether you've taught you know taken a little bit of financing or you're completely bootstrapping these are kind of the strategies and tactics that work very well for small teams and for business owners that don't necessarily want to go down that hyper growth path. So I, I've been a fan of microconf and raw balling for, for many, many years. And what they're doing, I think is really astounding for the, uh, for the community.
1: Yeah. I, I second that. Uh, I remember discovering microconf and, and that whole community and going, oh my gosh, there's people just like me. And it was so cool. Cause I felt like I was working in a vacuum for a long time. So
0: It's so easy to get into that, that there's no one else doing this because, you know, especially right now for me, you know, I, I'm working at home (laughs) and I'm doing all of my work out of here. It's not like I have a water cooler and I don't have really any coworkers. And so it's just, it's so easy to get sucked up into, there's no one else out there that is going through this stuff. And, and MicroConf really provides that, that community. And the thing that I, they, they definitely have set courses and Talks that they, they go through, which are great, but it really is that networking aspect, that hallway track that, that goes so far to be able to just meet so many new people. And even if they're not even going to be like necessarily customers or partners or anything like that, just to be able to meet other people that are in the software space going through the same things that you're going through and bounce ideas off of, off of each other. It's just, it's really great. Yeah. So w- what I want to talk about today is something that I did. Kind of my SEO strategy that I think is starting to pay off pretty well. So there is a company called Fellow, and they sell coffee products like uh, mugs. And I think they have a a kettle that they're really well known for, but really beautiful stuff. Uh, Fantastic brand. I have a few of their mugs uh, myself, great for traveling. But they started a coffee service that is a reply to buy texting service called Fellow Drops. They started that. about six months ago or so. Um, so it's relatively young, but I think they're having really great success. And the basic idea is that you sign up for their platform. You get a, a, a text every week featuring a new coffee brand that they have curated and vetted with their panel of uh, coffee experts, we'll say. And you can purchase those items directly through, through text message. So it's exactly what Text Retailer provides. It's a high visible brand getting into this reply to buy concept, very similar to wine text. And one of the things that I've noticed when I'm talking to a lot of potential customers is because this concept is so new, it's not like they're going and they're trying to switch from one email provider to another where they're comparing features or things like that. They don't, the, the merchants don't even know what to call this thing. And so they're not necessarily going out and Googling, you know, what's the best reply to buy texting software out there, or how do I do a text to order program? What they're doing is they're seeing a program like this out in the wild, whether it's a wine text or a fellow drops, and they fall in love with this concept. And they see, I want to bring this same idea to my business. What software are they using or how did they build that concept? And so at least that's the theory. And so what I did was I've put together a couple of articles, one for wine text and one for fellow drops, which basically says, here is in theory how you would build your own wine text service or your own fellow Drops service. And I take them through, you know, all the standard stuff. It's, it's basically a roadmap on how you would build text retailer, frankly. You know, you need to be able to capture credit cards. You need to be able to send text messages. You need to be able to calculate sales tax. All of those different things that we've we've solved over, you know, the last year and a half of building it, kind of just general terms outlining all this. Now, it takes a lot of work to build all that and get those different systems and those different pieces of software working together. So the thought is, let's kind of give away the secret sauce, knowing that the execution is all what it comes down to. So I have this huge article of like, here's the theory of how you would build it, or (laughs) you could just sign up for text retailer because we've done all this for you and just pay us $29 a month. And so that's kind of the gist of the article and very low traffic because it's a very, very specific topic. And these individuals that are finding these articles are searching for something very specific, like how is WineText or what software does WineText use? That type of thing. But the buying intent is super high. And so I've actually found that the fellow drops article specifically has generated two high quality leads um, since I launched it. Like I launched it like a couple of weeks ago and I literally had to sign up like two days later after it hit Google and they cited specifically that article as how they found me. Not only did they do a demo, but they signed up, turned into a customer. So already it seems like this SEO play is working really, really well. Uh, oh, that so feels good. It does, you know, and, and in a real small world example, one of these merchants that signed up found the fellow drops article. They signed up not knowing that they were actually a former customer. Of Textiful, and so when we got into the demo, yeah, it was crazy. When they got in the demo, they're like, "Hey, Sam," and I, I haven't talked to them in like two years, and I'm like, "Hey, guys, I know you've been a longtime customer," and da 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 and like we had no idea these two businesses were connected. We literally saw the article and thought it was completely separate. Great to be working with you again. So it's just very small world thing uh situation, and so that was that was pretty cool. But um, so now I'm just trying to think about different articles like this that can kind of put ourselves in the mind of those merchants because that's the challenge is it's such a new concept being able to educate and hit these keywords that people might be searching for or different angles i guess on on how to get those people that are interested in this concept
1: how cool i can't wait to hear how that goes moving forward do you feel like there's enough other services out there that you could actually do a full series or is this just kind of a you've got wine techs and fellow drops and that's the end of the road.
0: Honestly, right now, that's, that's probably the best known. I kind of try to spend a little bit of time trying to find these other services that are out there. I probably need to set up some Google alerts or something to get a little bit better at that. But I think that's the theory. And so I'm excited because fellow drops is probably the most well-known brand or biggest D 2 C brand that has tried something like this so far. I expect more and more will kind of come on board. And so it's just a nice hook to kind of get into that conversation with merchants that might be seeing this concept for the first time. You're like, this is so cool. I wonder how we do the same thing for ourselves. Frankly, there's a lot of merchants that have tried building something like a text retailer themselves. They get a few months into that project. They've hired a developer. They've started that process and it's hard. (laughs) They realize that there's a lot of moving pieces between you're talking about combining the, the, the toughest parts of e-commerce with text messaging and both of those have very hard challenges to solve and then when you're combining them it gets even tougher and so i just that's our hope is that it just we so, we save the merchants from having to go down that that self development and just it's just easier to use our platform and gets them better results it's it's just, i mean we're continually improving the platform day in and day out so but that's that's the promise of saas you know don't build it yourself hire someone else to to do it
1: Absolutely. Anything else you've got in your world?
0: The other big thing is I, it's getting a little bit later in the day, but I'm still hopeful that I'm going to submit my big commerce app to their app store today. Uh, That is the goal. That is, I'm very excited about that. So putting through final testing, final touches on the actual listing itself, but that is my goal is to get that that's submitted. I have no idea what that process looks like and what their what their vetting and due diligence will be, how long that takes. But that's step one. So I'm very excited about that because I think that could be a really good growth channel for us. And it's it's not Shopify. And I've kind of talked about that a little bit before. It's a much smaller ecosystem, but the the brands that are using Big Commerce tend to be much bigger, much more sophisticated because they have outgrown, you know, different platforms. And so I'm really excited about the potential they could bring in very big contracts. So that's the hope at least.
1: Awesome. Congratulations. Man, that's
0: Big news, kind of all around. It sounds it is, yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't been approved yet, so we'll save the the, the bubbly for, for that moment. But uh, but it's you know step one. There was a lot of work that went into it, and I'm pretty happy with how the app came together. And I just I want to get it out there and get get it in the hands of some of those big commerce merchants just to get some feedback um, because I know there's a lot more that we can do want you to start tying into these e-commerce stores and a lot more functionality that we could build, but I want to be guided by the merchants and not just build for the sake of building. So I'm, I'm excited to get it out there. Super smart. Cool. What, what right. are you into? What am I into? So we are kind of getting, it seems like there is a glut of these founder slash VC dramas that are hitting all TV right now. So we're, we're kind of hooked on two of them. But there's there's three out there that are right now there's the dropout which is Theranos Elizabeth Holmes story, there's super pumped which is about Uber and Travis Kalanick, and then there's WeCashed which is WeWork uh, and Adam Newman and just kind of profiling. I mean they're dramas, so they're 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 pseudo history. They're not a documentary, but it's kind of taking you through the early days of those companies and frankly how crazy <laughs> the the environments were. <laughs> So we're watching the dropout and super pumped. And I love both of those shows. We haven't started We Crash. I don't know if we will. We actually watched the documentary on WeWork on Hulu. If, if you haven't seen the documentary on Hulu, it's, it's crazy. You know, I knew WeWork was messed up. I had no idea how messed up it was just especially in the later days and just how much money these companies had and how much they wasted. And it's just, it's a whole different world that I'm just, I don't understand at all, but it's fun to watch. <laughs> Sounds fun. I'll put those on my list. I have yeah. not
1: watched any of them either, but I have seen ads for them and they have it's kind of been in the back of my mind. Have you watched them with your wife or? Yeah. yeah.
0: So no, we're both and watching she them. She kind of gets into these too. You know, she's just, She's like, would you want this company to be like this? Because they're talking about boards. It's hostile boards. It's money. And it's just like, I'm like, I have no desire to have a company like that. I mean, with hundreds and hundreds of people and just chaos every day. But these are the types of companies, you know, aside from Theranos, which was complete fraud, but, you know, I digress, <laughs> you know, if, if their promise was actually there, you know, these are the types of personalities and types of companies that you need to make these huge changes to how society works. And so it takes a certain type of personality and a certain type of company to do that. I just don't have any desire to do that. I just want to do my little corner of the world and produce something nice that my uh, customers enjoy and everyone's, it's a win-win for everyone. So that's, but it's fun to watch. Like I said, from the outside, it's just, it's, it's just crazy.
1: Cool. I'll check it out. You know, I'm going to actually change my, what I have written down here. I'm going to go with a TV show as well. Oh nice. One that you've probably seen and probably the entire world has seen, but if you haven't, Ted Lasso.
0: Oh yeah. Awesome. We, yes. We just started Ted
1: Lasso and it's it's so fun. It it's is. Just, it's it's feel good for it's the most so part feel good. and it's it's just yeah. It's it's what we need more of, I think.
0: I agree. You know, like, and especially some of these, these shows, they get so dark and they get and they're good and they're riveting and it's enjoyable, but man, Ted Lasso, it's just fun. I think you have a smile on your face for the, you know, however long it is, 30 minutes episode. It's just, it's just a good, good time. I, I hope they make them for, for many, many more seasons.
1: Yeah. We were about to start uh the most recent season of Ozark. So oh, I love Ozark. What I need- Yeah, Uh, I do too, (laughs) but it was like, it's a lot, it's heavy, you know, and just wasn't quite in the mood for it. Realized that you do not have to have an Apple TV to watch Apple TV, Uh which I'm not sure how I didn't get that being in the tech world, but it makes me think maybe a few
0: other people don't know that as well. And Apple could be leaving
1: some money on the table there.
0: Well, I want to say that's how, wasn't that how it originally started? I thought you had to have an Apple TV device to get their channel. Now I know they've expanded and I think we, our TV can pick it up or, or Roku or whatever. But I mean, I, I want to say that that's how they started. It was like Uber exclusive. Like you had to have their hardware and even to to watch their stuff. I could be wrong.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure, but that was the assumption I made. And it was fun to discover that. Nope. It works on our Roku. It's a great show, and I would definitely recommend if you have not seen it. Uh, it is worth a subscription to Apple TV. Just it, it just really
0: is. That. Yeah, uh, Ted Lasso was awesome. It's it's super funny, and it's it's like you said, it's feel good, and it's we need more of that. Cool. Well, Sam, uh, Chris, this was a good great one. Chatting. Yes. Yeah. Thank you to all the listeners uh, for checking in. We really appreciate listening and our rants and our, <laughs> our mumblings about the state of the the businesses. So, thank you very much for listening and. Chris, I'm sure actually we, it might be a little while because you have your trip and I have the conference. So we might be a few weeks out before we record again.
1: Yeah, I think we're currently scheduled for Thursday of next week. So about a week from now, Okay, but it's possible that gets moved, uh, with travel (laughs) schedules and and different things. So that's, that's the tentative. Otherwise it'll be a few weeks from now and either the pain or the joy from my trip will have hopefully subsided.
0: Well, I, I wish you the best of luck and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. See ya.